Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus as your campus. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Good morning, Emmanuel Church. How are you feeling today? It is truly a joy to be with you here today. I want to welcome all of our first-time guests today, whether it's here at the Greenwood campus or if you're joining us at Banta, Franklin, or Garfield Park, or if you're joining us online for the first time. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for accepting someone's invitation. We are glad that you're here. Hey, if you're not new, welcome back. Hi. You guys doing all right? Awesome. You look good. As Pastor Cody likes to say here, you guys smell good. I don't know how people smell at our other campuses, but hey, that's what goes. Okay, off to a rocky start. So, uh, well, well, we are in a series right now called The Ultimate Guide, and we're right smack dab in the middle of the series. And what we've been talking about is this idea, uh, each week we started talking about that there are books out there on almost every topic, whether it's you know finances or real estate or working out or food. There are books out there that, talk of, that put the word Bible in their title. Uh, we've been looking at so the yoga Bible, the Swoli Bible, the real estate Bible. And we said the reason why authors and publishers do this is because when you, you put the word Bible in the title of a book, man, it grabs people's attention because the Bible carries this, this, the connotation of authority or comprehensive knowledge of something. And it's true. This book really is the ultimate guide for life. That's what we've been saying each and every week. The Bible is the ultimate guide for life. It, it is an authoritative book. It is inspired by God. There's millions of books out there. This book stands alone because it is God-breathed. It shows us what's right, what not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. This book is amazing. It tells us everything we need to know about God. It tells us everything we need to know about ourselves. It shows us how to be reconciled to God. It shows us how to have faith in God. It shows us how to, to walk through this life and do relationships well. It shows us how to forgive those who've hurt us. It shows us how to deal with our own sin when we mess up. This book tells us everything we need to know. And we need, we need this series because today there's so many people who are simply confused about life. They're struggling. Life is hard. It's overwhelming to them. People are discouraged. They're down. They're depressed. We mentioned uh, in the first week that in 2018, 45,000 people committed suicide. That's enough, that's enough people to fill a large NFL football stadium. I mean, it is tragic to see how many people are struggling. That's just in the United States with depression and discouragement. Is it, is it as simple as opening up the Bible and figuring life out, is that, is that how simple it might be? Jesus seemed to indicate that it's not that hard to live a good life. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and this is what Jesus said. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, say it with me, practice or does them is like a wise person who builds his house on a rock. And then life happens, like everybody has to go through life and difficulties and maybe there's a betrayal or a job loss or a car accident or cancer or something like that. Then the rain comes and the, and the streams rise and the winds blow against that house and it does that to everybody. Yet, 
It did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation or the house was built on the rock. How do you and I build our house on a rock? Jesus says it, it might just be as simple as opening up this book, the ultimate guide to life, reading it, and then doing what it says. We believe that, that it could be that simple. Life is not easy. Life is difficult, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. And so we, we've been talking about some major passages in this scripture that, that have kind of shaped at least my life and others. In week number one, we talked about how the, the Bible tells us to reap what we sow. It tells us we're going to reap what we sow. Or we're gonna, when we sow something, we're going to reap. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, the law of reaping and sowing. Then last week, we talked about this principle of guarding your heart. Watching over your heart, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Watch over your heart because everything you do comes out of your heart. If you want to check out those talks, you can go to our app or check them out on YouTube. Today I want to talk to you about a third principle that has been shaping my life, gosh, for over a decade. It comes right out of the Bible. If you're taking notes, here it is. You ready? Sharpen the blade. Sharpen the blade. I originally came across this principle in a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read this back in college, and uh, this book has sold 25 million copies in 40 different languages. Uh, Stephen Covey is the author of it. And when I read it back in college, I was like, man, this is really good. It was kind of one of the first books I've ever read on personal development and business development. And uh, the habit number seven grabbed me. And this is where I came across this principle. Habit number seven of the highly effective people is called sharpen the saw. Intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, sharpen the saw and you'll become more effective at life. I was like, oh man, that's really good. And I love some of the other habits as well. Well, many of you know I read the Bible every day and I, I've, I've been doing that for years now and I've been through the Bible, gosh, probably over 10 times. And one day I'm reading in this obscure book called Ecclesiastes. Anybody ever heard of it? Ecclesiastes. You're probably like, that's how you say that book. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, say that five times. And I'm reading Ecclesiastes and I come across chapter 10, verse 10. This is what it says. Watch this. Using a dull axe requires great strength. Okay. Therefore, press pause, sharpen the blade. And I was like, there it is. Like Stephen Covey did not come up with this principle. He actually got it from the ultimate guide called the Bible. When the ax is dull, it takes a lot of strength. Now, this is where the talk might get dangerous for those of you in the Greenwood campus. Uh, this ax head is a little loose, so I'm not gonna like swing it too fast because it might fly and hit you in the head. That would be bad. So I'm not going to swing it, okay? But I am going to hold it. The Bible tells us when the axe head is dull, it's going to require a lot more strength to split the wood or whatever it is you're trying to do. Have a healthy marriage or raise great kids or do better at work or start your own business or keep the house clean <laughs> or whatever it is that you're trying to do. When, when, when the blade is dull, you're going to become less and less effective. So press pause. This is real, this is rocket science, right? Right out of the Bible. So therefore, press pause and sharpen the blade so that you can become more effective. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. In other words, what the Bible is telling us is when you stop to gain wisdom, when you, you are sharpening the blade, and then when you go back out to do the marriage or do the job or whatever it is you're doing, manage those kids or raise those children, you become more effective as a parent, as a coworker, as a worker, as an employer, as a husband, as a wife. 
But if you don't stop, if you don't pause to sharpen the blade, you're going to keep going after this thing and you're going to be putting more and more effort into it and you're going to get more and more exhausted and you're going to become less and less effective at life. Look, I'm not that smart. So I'm just like, okay, I'll do that. If that's what the Bible says, then I will spend the rest of my life sharpening the blade. How about you? You know, a lot of people today are not taking that advice. A lot of people today are just going after it and they're just swinging the ax like crazy. I got these kids, I got this job, I got this going, I got to swing the ax, swing the ax. And they never stop to think, you know what? I'm, I'm becoming exhausted and I'm becoming less and less effective. Maybe I should pause and sharpen the blade. I, I recently picked up a, an article entitled 13 Signs of Chronic Exhaustion. I'm not gonna read all 13, but tell me if you don't resonate with a few of these. You might be chronically exhausted if, you're, if simple tasks overwhelm you. Just simple things, like going to the grocery store. You, you might be chronically exhausted if several hours a day you watch videos or you click around the internet, just a couple hours a day. This is another one. There's something, there is something that you should be doing to manage your physical health. You have a medical condition, but you're too tired to manage it, so you don't. You allow your children, if you have children, hours of screen time. <laughs> you know you should step in and stop, but you don't. You're too tired. You wake up feeling tired. You only eat food out of the microwave or out of the package. You might be chronically exhausted. You ignore the relational needs of the person in your life. You just, whatever, I don't have time, I don't have the energy to take care of that. You're doing tasks ineffectively, like when you go to the grocery store, you only buy enough food for two days. You put off small tax, tasks that become expensive problems, like the oil light in your car. It's like, ah, I don't have time to take care of that. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, the engine blows. Now you've got a $1,000 problem. You might be chronically exhausted if you're showing any of those signs. What's going on in our life? You know what we're doing? We're just, we're, just, we're just going after it. We're just swinging and swinging and swinging. And we're becoming exhausted. And our blade is dull. In your notes, that's what I wrote. Your blade is dull. And so you're tired. Things aren't working well. It's like you're, you're that, that hamster on the hamster wheel, right? You've seen this, right? Life's going by, and it's so fast, and it's going, you know, well, what, what should I do? Well, maybe I'll run faster. <laughs> maybe I'll just keep swinging and swinging and swinging, and then I'll keep going and going and going. But here's what happens when we do that. Eventually, something breaks. Eventually, your spouse looks at you and says, you know what? This, this marriage, we have, we, have, we have hacked at it, we have hacked at it, and I just don't like you anymore, and I want to file. Eventually, you know, something goes wrong at work and the boss finally looks at you and says, look, we, we've tried this. And you, we, you, I could tell you're putting in a lot of effort, but you're becoming less effective. We need to, I need to let you go. You need to resign. Eventually, there's a bankruptcy. Eventually, there's a divorce. Eventually, there's a firing. That's what happens when our blade is dull. More and more effort's going into it and we're becoming less and less effective and then there's a crash. What, what would happen if you and I took time to just get off the, the hamster wheel and take time to sharpen the blade. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your skills. I'm talking about your knowledge, your soul. Last week we talked about the soul, getting the soul aligned with God. What would happen if you took time to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, meaning that you devote your heart to what is good for God? What would happen if you got your mind and your will and your, and your emotions all lined up underneath what God wants? Oh, it takes time to do that. 
you might just sharpen the blade. You might just become more effective spiritually, relationally, and emotionally if you took time. And if you walked up on somebody in the woods, I don't know why you'd be in the woods, <laughs> but if you walked up on somebody in the woods and, you're, and they're just splitting logs, you know, they're trying, and they're hacking at this thing, and you could tell it's taking three or four swings to split one log, and they're, you could tell the, their back hurts and their sweat's going, wouldn't you walk up to them and say, hey, hey, hey bud, uh, I, don't, I mean, maybe you wouldn't because they have an ax in their hand, but I don't know. Say, you know, maybe, maybe you need to call it time out, sharpen the blade a little bit. But yet it never occurs to us in our parenting or in our finances or in a marriage to say, you know what, I'm chopping on this thing and it's not working. And something goes wrong in our lives. There's a breakdown. And then we ask this question right here. How did I end up here? How did I end up with this broken marriage? How did I end up with this bankruptcy? How did I end up getting fired? What's well, because you didn't take time to sharpen the blade. Jackie and I try to live by this principle in our lives. I wrote it like this in your notes. When you feel consistently exhausted, it's a sign that something needs to be sharpened. Now, I wrote consistently because everybody gets exhausted from time to time. I mean, you're working hard, you got a lot going on, you have a busy day, you become exhausted. I'm talking about every single day. No matter what you do, you're physically, emotionally, psychologically exhausted. That's a sign that you need to stop and say, hey, wait a second, we need to, we need to sharpen something because we're gonna become less and less effective if we don't. But you know what most of us do? We just keep swinging. We just keep, we just keep going after it. You know, one time Albert Einstein said this, and he's a really smart guy. <laughs> he said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. But yet, that's like so intuitive, but, 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 here, but what do we do? We just keep swinging on that thing. We just keep doing the same thing and we think, maybe something will change this time in the finances. Maybe something this time will change with work. Maybe something this time will change with the marriage or with the kids. And we're, we're insane. You see, you come to church and the pastor calls you insane. Are you, you feel encouraged? Why don't, why don't we take the time to get off the, the hamster wheel, to sharpen the saw? Why don't we do that? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think some of us are just arrogant. We don't want to admit it, but we're just prideful. Because if we admit that we have to get off the, the, the tra- take a break, call time out, well, then we're admitting weakness and failure, and we, we're admitting that we don't know what to do, and so we don't want to do that. So we just keep swinging the axe because we're too proud to get off the wheel. Some of us just are stubborn. You know, we just don't want to do it. Some people actually don't know what to do. Then when you say, we sharpen the blade, well, how would you do that? I don't know how to do that, so I'm just going to keep swinging this dull axe. And I know it's requiring more and more strength and my results are becoming less and less effective, but I don't know what to do. Some of us are just lazy. Let's be honest. We don't want to, we don't want to do, you know, do what it takes to sharpen the blade. So we just keep at it and we just keep doing the same things over and over and over. But I think the biggest excuse or, or the, the most frequent excuse that people use when it comes to this issue of not pausing to stop to, to sharpen the blade is busyness. Have, have, you, have you talked to people? People, people? people love this one. They say, well, well, I'm just so busy. I don't have time. I don't have time to sharpen the blade. I don't have time to get in a small, who has time to get in a small group at church? I mean, I know it might save my marriage and everything, but who's got time to do that? I'm so busy. I'm busy. I'm busy doing this, that. Busy at work. Busy with the kids. Busy, busy, busy. You ever talk to people? How's it going? Busy. Tired. (laughs) I'm busy and tired. Tired and busy. Busy, busy, tired. (laughs) I bet I'm more tired than you. Look at me. (sighs) 
And then we wear it as a badge of honor, like, look at me, I'm so, I'm so tired, I'm so busy. <laughs> Why don't you go do something with your life, you know? Look at me, so busy, so tired. <laughs> and so we, we, we say that, we use that as an excuse. And we're right about something, we're right that, that sharpening the blade does require time, that's how I wrote it in your notes. It does. I mean, you, you wanna improve your marriage? You wanna sharpen the blade on your marriage? You gotta actually, like, Take a couple of hours a week, go see a counselor, time. You might have to listen to a podcast, time. You might have to read a book, time. You might have to do some self-introspection, time. You wanna improve your finances, they're out of whack. You don't have financial peace, you have financial stress, you're in debt, you're over-purchasing every month, you're overspending your budget. You might have to take some time to go through the Dave Ramsey class. Some people call it the damn Ramsey class. Did I just curse in church? It's 11 o'clock, it's off, we're off the rails right now. <laughs> Dave Ramsey class, that's eight weeks. I, can't, I don't have time to go, I don't have time to go to an eight week financial peace course with Dave Ramsey, are you kidding? All right, well, you know, it takes time. It takes time to do that. It takes time to work on this stuff. It takes time to be close to God. You know, I, I tell people all the time, about an hour a morning, 35 minutes to an hour, every single morning of prayer, reading, journaling, meditation, Scripture reading, study, ah, I don't have time for that. 30 minutes, 35 minutes every single morning. Okay, I'm just saying. It takes time to, 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 to be close to God. It takes time to have a good marriage, to do the date nights, to do the conversations. It takes time to be a good parent. You can't be efficient with children, right? It takes time to connect with them emotionally and spiritually, psychologically. So I don't have time for all this stuff. I know, I know we don't. But then the blade gets dull. And then we keep doing what we're doing and then eventually there's a breakdown and our spouse hates us and the boss has had enough of us and our kids don't wanna to talk to us and our finances are out of whack. How did I end up here? It's our refusal to take the time to sharpen the blade. You know, I was listening to a pastor the other day talk about hard, he was talking about this word hard and I totally agree with him. He's, he was saying, that, you know, it's hard to be close to God. It's hard to be far from God. You ever think about that? You know, yeah, it's hard to be close to God. It's hard to be far from God. It's hard to have a good marriage. It's hard to have a bad one. Anybody in a bad one right now? It's hard, it's hard, 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 hard on both sides. It's hard to stay in shape, feel good, and be healthy, and be vibrant, and have energy. It's hard to be out of shape, walk up a flight of stairs. <gasps> You just walked up seven stairs. What's wrong with you? I'm out of shape, but I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm so busy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be out of shape. It's hard to be in shape, right? It's hard to be really good at your job. It's hard to be really bad at your job. It's hard to run your own business. It's hard to work for somebody, right? It's hard to be a good father, hard to be a bad one. And then the pastor said this, choose your hard, because it's all hard. There's no easy path through this life. Choose your hard. Sharpen the blade. It's hard. It's hard to make time to sharpen the blade. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, about 14 years ago, I was working with high school students, and I was in my early 20s, so I was mostly healthy, but I was neglecting. I wasn't working out. I was eating a lot of pizza. High school ministry involves pizza, and if you love pizza then, and then pizza, and then if you give teenagers pizza, they love you. And it's just a real simple equation. <laughs> and so there's a lot of pizza, no working out, 
okay? Just, just a lot of late nights. There's, we did these things called over, uh, 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 overnight, what were they called? Uh, uh, lock-ins or overnighters. Uh, they're straight from hell, straight from hell. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that idea, the devil. You basically stay up all night for 24 hours and supposedly Jesus shows up, but I never saw him. <laughs> so I'm out of shape. We're doing these overnighters. We're doing, you know, all this stuff. A lot of soda, a lot of pop, you know, no working out. And one day, so one day I decided I'm going to get back in shape. I was like 26 years old. And I go outside. And I was a basketball player in high school. So I decided I was going to play basketball again. So I go out and I try to play in this like five on five game. And I make this move, try to go right to left. And the, my ACL went pop. Just right there. It felt like someone took a hot dagger and jammed it in my knee and started twisting like this. I mean, this is the moment in my life where I realized I had overcome cussing. Because I had so much pain in my life and I'm down on the ground. If there was ever a moment I was going to let up, bloop, 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 out, that would have been it. But I didn't cuss that day. Another story, another sermon for another day. That's not my point. My point is that I got hurt because I was out of shape and I was trying to do things that I, sh- I wasn't able to do. So they, the doctors repaired the ACL and I was in rehab one day and they were talking about my workout routines. Like I don't have one. Pizza, late all-nighters, small kids. <laughs> And I look over to the wall and I see this quote on the wall as the guy is working on my knee, you know, um, and, and it's, here's what it says, ready? It's a powerful quote, changed my life. No, no joke, this really changed my life. Exercise doesn't take time out of life, it puts life into your time. And I was like, oh, choose your heart. It's hard to be out of shape. It's hard to be in shape, but there's benefits. There's life. I want life, I want to have a good life. I want to be healthy. I want to have energy. I want to look good for mama. You know what I'm talking about? I want mama to look at me and say, "Mm mm-hmm. I know we're having fun, but this is serious stuff. It takes time. It takes time to do this stuff. So I started a workout routine. And now I'm extremely disciplined with my workout. Don't miss my workouts. I'm extremely disciplined with my time with God. Why? Because I'm sharpening the blade. Sharpening the blade consistently. If you take time to sharpen the blade, you get better results with less effort. That's how I wrote it in your notes. Taking time to sharpen the blade, you get better results with less effort. See, if the blade is dull, you have to use more effort and you get less effective results. This is like common sense. Why don't we do it? We say, oh, I don't have time. Yes, you do. We make time for what we want to make time for, yes or no? Do not throw that excuse. I've used it. It's not a good excuse. Make time in your life to sharpen the blade. I remember years ago, Jackie and I, you know, when we were early on in our marriage, like any other marriage, you know, we, we had this, the, the arguments and, and, you know, trying to figure out how to live together. And we were like swinging the ax over and over and over, getting exhausted. We were having this, this cyclical fight, which was mostly my fault. And then we figured out, someone, someone mentioned, hey, you need to read the five love languages. So we're like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'll go get it. I will read it. And so we took the time. Again, this is a time investment. It's a short book. We read the book. And man, it changed our lives. Because what we learned, we learned that each person has a way that they receive love. You know, the five love languages are, you know, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service. And there's another one. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it wasn't Jackie's. But... Uh, <laughs> So I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm trying to understand my wife and, and it, suddenly, it suddenly hits me that, that, that her love language is, is quality time. 
And I'm like, that's, that's how she receives love. But the, the, the problem was, I thought her love language should have been uh, physical touch, you know? So I'm like, always kissing on her and hugging on her and wanting to make love and all that stuff. And she's like, get away from me, you know? <laughs> Not really, but... Like, why, why, don't, why doesn't she receive that as love? Well, her, her message, the way she received it was quality time. So I started to sharpen the blade. I started to, you know, learn about how to love my wife better. I'm like, so let's talk. Let's hang out. Let's go on a date. Let's spend time together. Guess what ended up happening? Over time, she began to feel appreciated and loved, and she started to speak my love language, which may be obvious by now is physical touch. <laughs> So then she starts kissing on me and hugging on me. I'm like, man, will you just give me a second here? <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's such a good sport. I love you. But man, that solved a lot of our problems. See, here's what we did. We, saw, we, we sharpened the blade, and, and that time investment on the front end gave us much bit better results with less effort. That's how this works. By the way, you can go to fivelovelanguages.com to take a free assessment to find out what your love language is or your special person's love language is. Sharpen the blade. When the ax is dull, it requires more strength. So press pause and sharpen the blade. Does this make sense? Now, some of you are like, okay, I'm, I love it. This is a great idea. However, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start because uh, I'm exhausted when it comes to finances. I can't keep the house clean. I'm I'm about ready to get fired at work. My boss doesn't like me. You know, my my wife isn't, you know, a fan. (laughs) I mean, I've got all, where do I start? Where do I start? It's a great question. Here's what I want. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you three things. IDS, identify, discover, and schedule. Watch this. Ready? Identify where you're most exhausted. Just pick one. Don't start with five. Where Where is the blade most dull? Where is the pain the highest? Where, what is the biggest threat in your life? Are you about ready to lose the marriage? Well, don't focus on your health and fitness. Focus on the marriage. Are you about ready to die? Then focus on your health, okay? Where, where are you most exhausted? Where is the highest level of pain? Start sharpening the blade there. Identify, write it down. Don't write five things down, write one thing down. Then number two, discover how to sharpen the blade. There's so many different ways you can sharpen it. You can find a book, you can find a podcast, you can find a coach, you can find a counselor, you can join a small group. Years ago, years ago, Jackie and I were, were trying to figure out how to parent our, our, our three little gremlins back when they were real small, and, and, and we were doing okay, but man, there were, there were some difficulties and some challenges, and we discovered this book called Shepherding a Child's Heart. If you have little kids, listen, if you have little kids, you have to get this book by Paul David Tripp. Shepherding a Child's Heart. We read that book. Oh, my gosh. It took some time on the front end to sharpen the blade, but Paul Tripp helped us to understand what obedience is. Obedience is without argument, excuse, or delay. So we started to teach our kids, hey, this is what obedience is. Repeat after me, without argument, excuse, or delay. And they can still tell you to this day what they are. (laughs) They're teenagers. We learned that we need to attack their heart, not just their behavior. We learned from Mr. Tripp how to discipline your children so that one day they'll grow up and be effective adults. Children need discipline. How do you do that in a biblical, God-honoring way? Paul Tripp shows you how to do that. So what did we do? We stopped. We took some time to sharpen the blade. And guess what? Our three kids are still alive. They made it to teenage years. They're half-decent kids. Wow, sharpen the blade, sharpen the blade. How are you gonna do it? Are you gonna, there's, listen, there is a book out, there is a best-selling book out there on the very issue that you need help on. I promise you, you just gotta find it. 
You gotta find, there's a podcast out there that is developed to deal specifically with your issue. Find the podcast and listen to it. Take the time. People don't want to take the time. You have to take the time to sharpen the blade. Listen, professionally, whatever job you're in, whatever your occupation is, if your blade is dull in your work, there's a podcast out there about your job. Find it. Listen to it. Sharpen the blade. Learn the skills. Learn the knowledge. You'll be a blessing to your employer. Discover how to sharpen the blade. Number three, schedule it. IDS, identify, discover, schedule. Schedule it. Put it down in your planner. Put it in your in your notes, put it down on your schedule. Listen, what doesn't get scheduled gets overlooked, I promise you. What doesn't get scheduled gets pushed aside. Oh yeah, it's just, it'll be a good intention. I need to go see that counselor. I need need to read that book. I need to do, I need to read my Bible and spend time with God, but I'm not gonna schedule it. It gets pushed aside, it gets overlooked. Every single day I've I've got some habits that I do. I work out and I spend time with God and I got some others, but those are the two big ones. You know, I still schedule those in my notes. I still write it down. At the top of my day in the morning at six o'clock, I write TWG, TWG. You know what that is? Time with God. And in the afternoon, I put workout. I'm gonna do time with God, sharpen my blade spiritually, get my heart aligned with God's will, my mind, my emotions, and my will all lined up underneath what God wants, right? And then I work on my body. And neither one of these necessarily produce results, but they're sharpening the blade, sharpening the blade so that I can be better at all the other things that I'm doing being a pastor or a husband or a father or whatever it is, a counselor or a coach. Schedule it. What doesn't get scheduled gets overlooked. I-D-S. Does this make sense? Does this help anybody? Yes or no? Yes or no? Listen, when the ax head is dull, this is not a deep sermon today, okay? When the ax head is dull, and this is pretty dull, my team would not let me bring a sharp object up here, okay? I did that one time and I cut myself. Okay, so like make sure it's really dull. So it's dull. Simple sermon today. When it's dull, you have to work extra hard to get results. You wear yourself out. Pause. Take time daily, weekly, monthly. You know, I'm I'm not preaching next week. I'm not. You want to know why? Because of this principle. I could preach. I could preach 52 weeks a year. I'd quit (laughs) if I did that. So I'm not preaching. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some time away. I'm going to sharpen the blade. I'm going to work on my soul. I'm going to stop talking. I talk too much anyway. I'm going to work on the blade. And then when I'm going to come back, I'm going to preach again and hopefully preach even more effective. I'm trying to live this out every single day of my life. Will you do it? Will you sharpen the blade? Come on. We only get one life. Be as effective as you possibly can. This is the value of wisdom. Wisdom helps you succeed. If you're sharpening the blade in every area of your life, you're gonna become more effective and you will live into the life that God has planned for you. Sharpen the blade. That's my challenge for you today. Now, as we wrap up, somebody asked me last week, what's the best decision you ever made? I was like, well, that's pretty easy. The best choice, the best decision I have ever made with my life was when I was actually 17 years old. I decided when I was 17, I was a senior in high school, I just graduated, to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I became a Christian. I reached out to God and I asked him to forgive me of my sins. I told Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again to set me free. We just got done singing about that. I believed in my heart there's nothing better than God, nothing better than Jesus. So I trusted him. And you know, that day when I put my faith in Jesus, I received... I don't know what I could describe as light into my life. Listen to what Jesus said about himself. 
He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Back in high school, I was walking in darkness. Messing my life up. You know, that's what happens when you walk in the darkness. You stub your toe, you bang your knee, you hit your head. And that's what I was doing. And I decided to follow Jesus and trust him. He says, you don't have to walk in darkness. Why? Because you'll have the light that leads to life. You know, this book is, refers to itself as light. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us how to live. Jesus said the same thing about himself. He said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you will have light, like a flashlight in the darkness, that leads to life. Oh, where is life found? Where is joy found? Right there, in Christ. Where is satisfaction found? Right there. See, the world, the world is telling us that satisfaction and joy and fulfillment are found in money and sex and power and fame. And that's, that, that, that's a message that comes at us. Buy more stuff, be more popular, have more followers, right? Be prettier, have a prettier face. That's where happiness is found. Well, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. When, when, when you follow me, you have the light that shows you where true life is found, satisfaction. One time Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the living water. Whoever drinks of me will never thirst again. One time he said this, I'm the bread of life. Whoever eats of me will never be hungry again. What is he talking about? He's talking about finding the life that you were created for. Light enters your life. Jesus is the source of wisdom. And when you have Christ in your life, he leads you to the path of life. The best decision I ever made, and maybe it's a decision that some of you are gonna make today, is to put your faith in Christ. He died to rescue you, to set you free, to redeem you to bring you salvation. He died to give you grace and mercy. He died to make you a child of God, a son or daughter of God. He gave his life to demonstrate how much he loved you. Will you receive that? Will you put your faith in Christ? I hope you'll make the decision that I made when I was 17, right this very moment. If you'd like to, I'm gonna say a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. Reach out to God right now. It's not the words that are any special, anything special. It's the faith behind the words. Why don't you do business with God as if it's only you and him in the room today? No one else. And reach out to him in faith and, and, and ask him to come into your life and be a light so that you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Will you pray with me if you feel led to? Just say this to him, dear Jesus, I believe in you today. I trust that you're the savior. I believe you died on the cross for me and that you rose again, arresting death. Grace so free. May it wash over me. Make me a brand new person. May your spirit enter my heart right now and bring light into the darkness. Cleanse me of my sin. Forgive me. Be my savior. And from this day forward, light my path. Show me where joy is found. Peace 
fulfillment, satisfaction. May your wisdom flow into me today. I pray this in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to rejoice with you, don't we, church? Amen. Come on. Nice and loud. If you just put your, your faith in Christ today, we want to help you get started on your brand new journey with Jesus. We put together a little box. We call it our saved box. Inside this box, there's actually a copy of a New Testament. There's some instructions on how to get connected to a small group, baptism. And there's also a mug in here, coffee mug, to say congratulations. If you're at one of our locations today, you can text the word SAVE to 65248 and pick one of these up at the information desk in the lobby at your campus. If you're watching online, you can text the word SAVE to 65248 and we'll send one of these to you in the mail. One more time, church, can we give God glory? Amen. Will you pray with me and then we'll be dismissed. Uh, we'll dismiss things to the local teams. Father, thank you so much for your grace. It's free, but it's not cheap. Jesus, we know it costs you your life. It's precious. It's through your blood that you redeemed us, made us your children. We're so thankful for that. God, thankful for the thank you for the message today. Help us to, to sharpen the saw, to sharpen the blade so that we can be effective in our lives and literally step into the life that you have planned for us. Give us the wisdom to do so. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Right now, I'm gonna hand things off to our local teams. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.